This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. With 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets, the barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit BBQRSDelight.com. And by Arno Smokers, a custom pit builder using innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge offset and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been the home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and the quality of craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Please get in contact with Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or Tony at Tony underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or visit their main website, R, the letter N, the letter O, R-N-O, Smokers.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. 
All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. Two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit, a tele, uh, a telefree or a toll-free phone call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you'd want to do that, greg at the BBQ Central Show. If you want to email and not call, you can do both. More importantly, you can just do neither, lay out and enjoy the entertainment and education that is about to unfold over the course of the next two hours tonight. Uh, anything else you want to find out about the show, hit the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Here's what's happening on the show tonight, in case you didn't get the email. I smoked at the Eagles game, but the smoke ring was so light. Matt, I need more information than that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, coming up in about 13 minutes from now, a guy that is uh, on the show fairly regularly and a favorite of mine to talk about anything live fire cooking, Ted Reeder joining us. At 9.35, heading down to Bentonville, Arkansas, to defend his 2012 overall Sam's Club Championship pitmaster of Lucky's Q, Justin McLawn, will join us. 33 minutes from now. Then we'll move to the second hour. First timer to the show. Somebody who I think you might find unique, has a great uh, and eclectic backstory and... Fast forward all of these years later in the barbecue business restaurant side of things amongst uh, other offerings that he has at his dwelling in the Chicagoland area. The owner of Cigars and Stripes, Ronnie Lotz, joins us. And then to close out the show, the profit of smoked meat. And from all accounts across the Internet and otherwise, so you know it's got to be true, even maybe TMZ. The very first barbecue editor ever. you find him at Texas Monthly BBQ. Daniel Vaughn joins me on the show. So there you go. Uh, lots to get to tonight and a jam-packed show as always. So looking forward to all of that. Uh, again, more than happy to have you, 877-448-0433. You can also hit me up on the email, greg at the BBQ centralshow.com all right uh tell you each and every week uh, if you're watching this show live in any fashion uh put out a social media post or a big email blast people love it when you just you know blind you copy yourself and then you blind everybody else in your contact list Uh, let them know that the show is on maybe they're interested or they're just starting to get an interest a burning desire for outdoor live fire cooking uh, direct them video side to the Outdoor Cooking Channel, which is OutdoorCookingChannel.com. If they like just audio, old school radio type stuff, you can direct them to my website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. Or if there's, if you know that the A, they have Roku television or some type of IP TV access, tell them to look for the Outdoor Cooking Channel, wherever it is. Download that app and then hit the live stream, which is your very first option. Uh, that one right next to the live stream option is the archives of the Barbecue Central Show. So hit the live option. You can watch it in fine, high-definition fashion right there from the comfort of your own couch. So many different ways to consume the show, each one more fun than the next. So 
however you're going to do it, get it out there right now that the show is on, and uh, let's amp up the live listenership. Of course, the podcast listenership far outweighs, far outweighs, by literally tens of thousands of the live listeners. But, you know, I do it for the live listeners first. I do it for the podcasters second. Love you. You especially. You definitely you. Uh, if you didn't get the show this past Wednesday, you missed Ray Lampy for his Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. We covered, actually, a lot of the questions came in from the United Kingdom, or as I affectionately refer to it as the England. And we talked about the U.K. barbecue scene, just kind of how it's evolved over the last handful of years. I, I don't think I'm overstepping my boundaries when I say that Ray has been more or less instrumental in the evolution of barbecue as an industry over there, doing cooking classes, uh, taking part in that big grill stock event every year for the past. I think it's been going on for three years now, maybe longer, maybe not. And, you know, really making a lot of connections and, and promoting the joys of uh, outdoor live fire cooking. And he said, undoubtedly, where it took us Americans 22, 23, 25 years or whatever it is now, if you're just going by time frame of Kansas City Barbecue Society. So let's call it 25 years to get where we are today. They've been able to do it in, you know, four years getting to where we're at. There is some definite uh, beef or barbecued meat purveyor differences, especially when it comes to brisket that he touched on. And then there was a question of, do you ever think it's going to get back to a point, regardless of whether it's in England or here in the States, do you ever think it's going to get back to not using the power draft systems and not injecting and everybody using a offset style pit or you know, something that isn't as automated as we... Look, technology continues to develop, and, you know, inherently, some of the things that were perceived as archaic or cavemanish are just going to go by the wayside. This is just the way things happen, regardless of any industry that you're in. So I don't necessarily think that you'll ever, you'll ever, you'll ever see it the way it was 20 years ago when people were really learning the fine skill of fire management, which is a backyard guy. I think everybody should absolutely know how to run a live fire, whether you compete or not. I think if you really want to be the best pit master that you can be in the backyard or on the competition circuit, it would be wise to perhaps know how to build and maintain a live fire, whether that be through 100% burning of sticks or a mixture of, of sticks and charcoal or just charcoal. I mean, you know, charcoal, while not as uh, requiring as much attention as the stick burners, you still have to know how to make adjustments, know how it's burning, know when to refuel, all that good stuff. So I don't ever think you're going to get back to that, but I think, you know, just from a general sense, if you want to, you know, you always talk about being a well-rounded person or a well-rounded professional at your job, constant education. If you don't know how to manage a fire building it from scratch it's something you want to learn how to do it's plus it's fun i mean dude it's fire right love fire uh, i got this email from phil luswick says greg my name is phil just found your podcast a few weeks ago thought i'd let you know love it love to grill and smoke have a standard charcoal grill a pellet grill 
and just made myself an ugly drum smoker. After listening to you on one of your shows, I ordered the American Smoke DVD, which I received the other day. Watched part of it. Fell asleep. Beer was involved. So I need to watch it again, but I enjoyed what I saw. Also, glad you added a second show or a second night. Hope to listen live one of these nights and participate in a contest. Lawyer, listener, loyal listener, Phil. Phil, thank Beer involved, American Smoke DVDs. You know, the question that I probably should ask you on behalf of Neil Strader is, were there black people in the video or not? Did you listen to the show that one night? Phil, if you're listening to this on podcast, email me. Were there black people in it? Were there uh, what people would consider minorities? That seemed to be a very hot-button topic when Neil called in and won, by the way, a... I forget what he won. Well, whatever he won. It was great. Now, this is completely from the what-the-f file. You know, if you are going to this... uh, I think they call it Comic-Con or whatever they call it. Big nerd event for you nerds. Sylvester Stallone is going to be there promoting the new movie Escape Plan. Looking to get a photo, perhaps, with Sly? Be ready to fork over $445. What? I know there's got to be some kind of underground autograph photograph industry out there, but that seems to be awfully expensive. I mean, personally, me, honestly, I can't see paying anyone, anyone, for a photo or an autograph. It's very weird to me having people collect money from you because you want their autograph or their photo. And if you can't give it to me for free, take a hike. Remember, folks, what do I always say? If it's free, it's me. If it's not, typically it's not. All right, Ted Reader coming up here in just a few minutes. Having a Labor Day party? Don't be the host. That's stuck by the grip. Now, hold on a sec. I know for a fact that this is not the right read for me. Oh, very disconcerting. I have it here. I have it here, though. Where is it? Where is it? I, 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 Local thing. Uh, iGrill, this is what we're going to be talking about. A Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs with your Apple or Android device using free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded in the iTunes Store or on the Google Play Store for your Android devices. A Bluetooth range, 200 feet. You can monitor the food from practically anywhere. Gives you free time to do what you want, when you want. If you want to mow the lawn, if you want to do some laundry, whatever it is, the iGrill's got your food covered. It's got dual probe capabilities, so you can monitor two different pieces of meat at once. You can also measure the ambient temperature of your smoker or grill using the ambient temperature probe that can be purchased at igrillinc.com within the app you can set minimum and maximum temperature settings if your grill or smoker gets too hot or too cold your smart device will alert you enter promo code central c-e-n-t-r-a-l central at checkout for a 15 percent off everything when you shop at igrillinc.com that's the letter i the word grill and then i-n-c igrillinc.com don't forget they also offer free shipping on any orders over 50 bucks. So you buy an iGrill, it ships to you for free. It's over 50 bucks. The free iGrill app for iOS, that means an Apple iPhone, has Facebook integration so you can upload pictures of what you're cooking right to the iGrill Facebook page. The app also has a globe feature that shows you all of the other iGrillers around the world. So you can see the guys in Texas, you can see the guys in Finland. 
You can also use the graph to monitor the speed of which your temperatures rising at. $79.99, manufacturer's suggested retail price. Attention, iGrill fans. Something new is in the works. I'm not allowed to tell you. It will be unveiled soon, let's just say. If you like your iGrill right now, the new product will really fit into your wheelhouse. More to come on that very soon. iGrillInc.com. That's iGrillInc.com. Oh, man. You're going to be very excited about this when we talk about it. All right, uh, Ted Reader coming out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Uh, my first guest tonight, a multiple-time author, a consultant to many barbecue businesses, has a line of very successful rubs, sauces, dare I say, a world record holder as well. Also appears on this show fairly regularly. Let's uh, welcome back one of my favorite guys to talk outdoor live fire cooking with. Ted Reeder joins me here on the show. Teddy, how are you, buddy? Good. How you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous. Teddy, been a while. I'm glad you uh, were able to kind of catch up and see what's happening with you. I mean, what has been going on with Ted Reader over the last uh, month and a half or so? Well, I, uh, my newest gig is I started uh, teaching. And so I'm a chef professor at the Canadian Food and Wine Institute at Niagara College. And I teach uh, a product development chef, uh, research chef uh, course. It's called Modern Culinary Applications. In my other life, other than being a barbecue guy and author, um, I help companies develop food products for grocery stores and restaurant chains. How is uh, – I'm finding out about this as you're telling me. So, like, how is, is this a deal that you had been trying to hook up? Were you approached by Niagara College because of the prowess that you have in that industry and they wanted you to teach a course on this? How do you strike the deal? Uh, exactly. I, uh, I've been doing, I've been a product development chef probably for the last, uh, oh, 20 years and, uh, worked primarily in the protein industry, uh, with beef, pork, chicken, and I help all kinds of different processors develop different things. I have my own line of sauces and rubs, which I developed and actually went into the plant and formulated with the plant to create my own line. So it's it's more than just being a, a chef out there. You now have to understand how to scale it up and how to how to develop that product and turn it into a retail item and help a help a company uh, make some dollars with the, the products that you create. So. Um, I go out there and have fun every day. That's the way I look at it. It's just like barbecue, only now I'm developing products. So uh, some friends of mine are instructors at the school, and they, they approached me and said uh, they've started up this uh, research chef division of food science and technology at Niagara College, and they've asked me to teach this one course to start off with. So that's where we're at. All right. Perf- kind of fun. Professor Ted Reeder joining us here on the show. <laughs> if you want to check out some of his products as well, just visit his website, tedreader.com, while we're talking tonight. 
Uh, Well, it was going to be first of all, but I guess now second of all, uh, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, which I believe just passed for you guys. Uh, I guess, you know, since you are a professor now, maybe a little history on like the Canadian version of uh, Thanksgiving when you compare it to the American version. Well, you know, Canadians like to be a little bit independent, and um, we don't like it when it's so cold. So we want to still do lots of stuff outdoors. <laughs> and so having a Thanksgiving in October uh, celebrates the, the true uh, uh, midst of the harvest season when when things are growing, because our season, uh, unlike yours in the United States or a lot of the U.S., our growing season comes to an end by the end of October. So we're pretty thankful for Thanksgiving in uh, in the middle of October. And it's really, we do the same stuff as you guys do. We watch football, only we watch Canadian football. Uh, on Sundays, we watch American football because it's sometimes just a little more exciting. And I know all my Canadian fans out there are going to go, hey, but I like four downs, sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and fields that aren't 175 yards in total. God, could you imagine me trying to run 175 yards in total? I get tired just looking down that. Field. You and me both, no doubt. <laughs> and we, we, you know, we cook turkeys and we just have a good time and get together with our family and our friends and celebrate. And uh, for me, it was a nice, quiet weekend of just taking it easy with my family. It was just wonderful. Were there any, you know, succulent first-time recipes that you whipped out on everybody, or was it really just kind of about relaxing and enjoying the day? I uh, know. I actually yesterday I uh, I grilled, uh, fired up my big green egg, and I grilled uh, some uh, Cornish hens. And literally, I didn't I didn't brine them. I didn't do anything to them. I rubbed them down with uh, olive oil, salt, and pepper, and I threw in my egg and kept the temperature just running at about three hundred degrees, and indirectly grilled those things um, and turned them and then basted them with grilled lemons and grilled limes where you just squeeze that hot juice over top and then finish the whole thing off with a whack of uh, chopped fresh herbs mixed with uh, za'atar seasonings, which is is a Middle Eastern blend of uh, sesame seeds and sumac and and pepper, not too spicy, and then uh, finished it all off with a drizzling of uh, honey. And it was kind of tasty. (laughs) Is a a Cornish game hen, for maybe people that haven't had it, there isn't like an extra gamey taste or or anything like that. I'm guessing that either people don't have access to it or because they appear to be so small, they might figure that there's a very small window where it's perfect and then it goes right to screwed up. Should people take a little bit more advantage of that? You treat it just just like a chicken. Just treat it just like a chicken, only it's a small chicken. And it's, uh, I think I, I've seen when I was in the States last, I saw Purdue had their, they had a line of uh, uh, Cornish game hens that were all natural. And, and uh, I, was kind of, I, I, I was kind of going, wow, those kind of stick out and show in the, in the freezer case. But they're, they're just treat it like a chicken, only it's a small chicken. So it doesn't take long. Uh, I think I did my birds nice and slow, and they took about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. And if you crank it up a little bit more, you can have them done in under an hour, 45 minutes. If you butterfly them, you can do them in 20 to 30. And they, they're tasty, tasty. And I, I look at it this way. One Cornish hen, one person. Nice and simple to serve it up. Absolutely. Uh, Ted Reeder joining us here on the show, tedreader.com, the website. You know, I mentioned in the open, Ted, about the world record, uh, of course, for the people that don't know, you made like a 7 billion pound hamburger with bond and, and it was actually edible. Like, is that like an intact, completely qualified thing, or how did that whole deal end up? 
Um, it is. It was a, a full. I got a certificate and everything from the Guinness Book of World Records people for a 590 pound burger. Uh, that was back a few years ago, so yeah. I think it's been broken since then. But I really, you know, to be quite honest, I haven't checked to see if it has. I just uh, know that we used uh, we custom built a grill and we made one big burger and put it on one very big bun. The burger was like 225 pounds. And the uh, the bun was 125 pounds, and then we had all kinds of to- toppings on there from lettuce, tomato, pickles, onions, cheese, barbecue sauce, that kind of stuff. It was a tasty burger, but I, I much prefer a little burger, you know, small bites, big flavor. It's so much better than really big burgers. <laughs> but it was fun to break, I tell you that record. That was it was a good time. It was a great day. It took yeah. Six hours, by the way. And the pictures were absolutely phenomenal. It was very well documented. And that grill that was it Napoleon that helped you make that thing? That's it. Yeah. And uh, it was we spectacular. Had, we used about four hundred pounds of charcoal to do the job. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a process. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so let me ask you something, Ted. Uh, I have to imagine that perhaps one of the most common questions that you are fielding when you're out there, you know, promoting whatever it is, or perhaps somebody just recognizes you in the store, they strike up a conversation about uh, outdoor live fire cooking, is what grill or cooker should I buy, or perhaps how should I go about buying my next cooker or grill? What advice do you give people in general when they ask you that question? Um, well, I give them I give them a couple different scenarios, and, and it, it applies really for whether it's going to be uh, a grill or you're going to buy a smoker. And I look at it this way. First off, determine how hard do you want to work? Because there's the easy way and there's the middle of the road and then there's the really hard way, which is usually the old school way where you're dealing with burning logs down to coals and, and going old school. And so first off, you determine how far, how, how hard do you want to work? Once you've got that determined, you then set your budget. And sometimes even your budget is important to know right off the top. But how much are you willing to spend? I often am at, you know, someone says to me, well, I only want to spend $300 on a gas grill. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you're not going to get a very good gas grill for $300. You'll get a gas grill. It's just not going to last as long as you'd like. And so, you know, first is, after that is, is once you get your budget, the next is, uh, then you've got to go and start doing the research. And once you start researching, then you can determine what kind of grill or smoker you want to be. And it'll vary. And some people will say, you know, oh, my neighbor has a big green egg. I want a big green egg. You know, they'll be very happy, I think, with their. I, I don't know anybody in the world that's ever not had a big green egg and yeah. not been happy. And um, I think the only time they're not happy is when it's not running. And they're like, oh, my God, I really should fire something up in that thing because it makes tasty food. But you, you determine. So figure out your budget. Figure out how, how hard you want to work, then do some research, and you're set to go. But I often get questions are, what kind of grill should I buy? And like I'm a mind reader, I don't know. you got to give me some details of what you're willing to spend, and I can kind of point you in the right direction. But just make it tasty is the most important part. You want something that's going to give you good food. Yep, make it tasty. Uh, is that a trademark line? If I said that, would I have to pay you a, a commission for saying make it tasty? Oh, God, no. No, no, okay. no, no. You can make it tra- tasty anybody. Just go out there and make it tasty. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the easiest going guy. I like my beers cold, my bourbon smooth, and I like to keep my grills hot and my smokers at an even low and slow. And that's it. Other than that, I'm just a regular guy that just spends his days in his backyard barbecuing. 
and that's what I do. But for me, it's just about having some fun and making tasty, tasty food. And, you know, whether it be just tasty or if it's got some tasty goodness going to it or it's got that extra special tasty, tasty going to it, just make it tasty. (laughs) So we're firmly into fall now, Teddy, and winter fast approaching whether we like it or not. You know, are there certain recipes or even dishes that you tend to go to at this time of the year that maybe you don't get to any other point? Oh, for sure. Uh, number one, marrow bones. I love smoking and roasting marrow bones on the grills. And at this time of year, it's extremely rich, but it's it's a it's a cold weather dish. All right, Lon, look, I have to stop here for a second because there's probably a good portion of the audience that is, you know, maybe uh, novice at best when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So when you hear marrow bones, people are probably like, well, I don't know what that is. Where would I get one? How do I cook it? I mean, you're gonna have to break that down for us just a little bit. Well, it's it's the it's the shank, and uh, tra- traditionally the the hind shank. And what I like to do from from uh, from veal or beef cattle, and I like to have those those shanks cut up the middle lengthwise. A lot of people just cut them across into about a two inch thick uh, bone. And then you roast them, and that marrow on the inside of the bone, it heats up, and there's a lot of fat in it. But I'm telling you, when that's spread on some fresh bread, little salt and pepper, and maybe a little bit of drizzling of some rosemary, um, man, it's tasty, tasty stuff. And just if, if you, if you want to find it, go to your butcher and say, hey, I want some marrow bones. And can you split them in the middle lengthways for me? And go to town and have a good time with it. What uh, so it how long like how good. long does it take does it uh it, it does it matter on how big the bones are uh do you need to cook it like at a 300 degree temperature on the grill is it an oven thing I mean well I've done it I you can roast them in the oven at 425 degrees you can put them on your grill direct or indirect indirect at about medium to medium high heat and because you want to really get that that the the fat that's in that marrow to render and then you're just left with the succulent, succulent uh, marrow on the inside after the fat renders off of it. It's mostly fat. Um, the the other uh, aspect to that is um, you can smoke them, and I smoke them usually at around 235 degrees. They take sometimes two to three hours to really get them to be that tender and, and uh, rendered deliciousness. But if you want to do it hot and fast, just throw them on your grill and you won't be disappointed. I've also planked them before, and that's a great way to add some very quick hot smoke to it. All right, Ted. So I'm sure you're aware, being a food guy, that uh, it is, well, maybe it's not up there, but here in the States, it's National Apple Month. Cool. Are you like we into are you into grilling or, or smoke roasting apple dishes? And if so, you know maybe some tips on which ones to choose, how to prep, and, and perhaps even what to cook with them. Well, I uh, I find uh, there's certain apples that you should cook with, and there's some apples that you should uh, just eat raw. Like a, a Granny Smith is a delicious apple eating on its own, just raw. A Pink Lady, which is kind of a yellowish apple with a pink hue, and on when you bite into the flesh. It's uh, very hard and tart and sweet all at the same time. That apple is much better when it's eaten raw. Same with a gala. But when you get into cooking, um, a Fuji is really nice to cook. I, li- I like to cook with that. And But uh, a Spy or a Mac is a wonderful dish. And you can do baked apples on the grill. You can make an apple pie on the grill. Or I, do a, I make these boxes out of wood, out of maple or out of apple wood. And then I make a pie in there, and you bake an apple pie on your grill. 
And so really you can, uh, you know, you can have a lot of fun with apples. I love them. I love them. I love them in salads. I like them grilled straight up, cut in rounds. I like to dry them. Um, and then use even smoked apples is great to, to use into making a smoky applesauce as a base for a barbecue sauce. So I was on that your, always makes it tasty. Absolutely. Now, I was on your Facebook page the other day, and I saw a post that you made about stone grilling. So I got, I mean, we got to talk about this before I let you go tonight. You know, explain to me a little bit about the method, you know, where you're getting a stone and why this kind of adds a new element versus just putting it on a grill. Yeah, it's, it, the stones are, um, what I'm using is a product that's, uh, that's hand carved here in Canada. It's hundred percent Canadian soapstone and, uh, comes from my friends, uh, Maxine and Rich over at a company called BrazilianIce.com. And they've uh, created these grilling stones. And you can also pop this stone in your freezer and get it nice and cold and serve sushi and smoke salmon on it. Mm-hmm. But it's what I find is great, especially in the winter time when the temperatures are getting pretty cold and nippy up here. Um, it holds the heat. So you put them on your gas grill or you put them on your charcoal grill, and it's going to take that and absorb that heat. You know, when you open your grill lid in the middle of the winter time, all that beautiful hot air rushes out. Yeah. Well, the one thing, once it leaves, you know, it takes a long time to get hot again. But with the stone, once it absorbs that heat, it pretty much stays pretty darn hot. And I find just doing like uh, smash burgers on there are just incredible. Or, or while I'm grilling a steak, I may want to saute some onions or mushrooms. Or in the morning, you know, maybe I'm grilling some uh, some bacon steaks up and I want to fry an egg or make pancakes. So it allows you, it's a wonderful accessory to your grill to, to allow you to fry on the grill, but on something that's going to absorb a little bit of that smoky flavor and give you a nice, even heat, and it doesn't warp or bend, where metal tends to warp and bend. Yeah. And really, metal is so impersonal. But, uh, you know, a hand-carved piece of stone is a wonderful thing. And, and it works. I don't know if you've ever cooked with salt stones either, the no, salt blocks. never. And it's, salt block cooking is wonderful, only that it's, it's extremely salty. So you've got to get used to that saltiness that comes from it. But you can buy, I think, a, a pink Himalayan um, salt block for around, in, in Canada, I think I've seen them around the $35 mark. And it's basically uh, 8 to 10 inches wide, about 2 inches thick. And you just put that on uh, your, your grill and it heats up and you can do like scallops or any of your fish dishes and cook on the stone, the hot, uh, the hot salt stone. And the grilling stones, the soap stones from Brazilian Ice, yep. they work the same principle, only they don't impart all that salt. And uh, so if you're watching your sodium intake, the, the, the Brazilian Ice stones are really great for that. Absolutely. And you don't need a lot of fat. You don't need a lot of oil. Once they're seasoned, uh, like I used mine tonight. So I did some pork tenderloin and sautéed some onions with some red jalapenos. And I added all of maybe a teaspoon of oil to it just to slick up the stone a bit and it was beautiful even consistent cooking i love it it's a great accessory one of my favorite ones for this year that can be found at brazilianice.com so maybe i'm going to have to check that out and uh, maybe get myself one of those for my many cookers we're talking with ted reader he writes books he cooks food he's teaching classes now at niagara college and is a solid north american citizen overall teddy always appreciate the time thanks for coming on tonight all right, thanks for having me on board, Greg. And uh, tune in to tedreader.com or come on over to my Facebook page. Uh, 
and it's just Chef Ted Barbecue, and uh, hopefully we can chat some great uh, grilling and chilling and some barbecue and having some fun, because everything should be beerlicious, baby. That's right. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right? All right, Greg. Thank right. you very much. Take care. There he is. Ted Reed. could only talk to that guy for roughly seven hours at a time, if I had to. I have to. All right, let's call him right back. We didn't talk about planking or any new planking expeditions. I had that on the outline to get to as well, but... We run out of time. He says that he's now teaching a class about culinary product development at Niagara College. I didn't know that. We got to explore that. How come somebody, some college, hasn't asked me to teach a class on hosting an internet radio show that's turned into video? I can do that. I can do it. Sign me up. Maybe not. That's fine. Um, coming up out of the break, Justin McGlawn, Lucky's Q. We'll be talking a little Sam's Club. Before we do that, we'll talk a little Butcher's Barbecue. Now, look, uh, we could talk about all the traditional injections that we would normally talk about here on the show. But I want to highlight a few different or two different things here. Uh, tonight, first and foremost, it is the product sweeping the nation, Bird Booster. Uh, if you are somebody that cooks a lot of poultry or you are looking for a way to press a little bit more moisture into your particular bird of choice you know you can take the traditional route brine it help yourself out by adding maybe seven percent extra moisture into that meat and then taking your chances or if you want to give yourself maximum window maximum moisture inside inject bird booster so you're going to go from that seven percent moisture retention to 21 percent by math that's three times more so what does that mean flavor yes moisture yes uh, extra window of error or a bigger window of error potentially. Maybe you get busy doing something. You don't have your eye grill or your a barbecue guru on and you just forget about it. Uh, you know, injecting also gives you a little bit more room to play with if you overshoot. can still be, you know, might have overshot that temperature you were looking to get it at. But still flavorful, still moisture. You know, hasn't become the shoe leather of poultry that uh, sometimes it is when you overcook things. So that's Bird Booster. That's number one. You can get it at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. The other thing is this. Maybe you have decided to, I don't want to say stray, but try other commercial injections out. And you've realized that maybe you used them at a competition when you got away from Dave stuff and you saw the score start to tumble. Perhaps the judges weren't really scoring you as well as they had before when you were using Butcher Barbecue products. Or perhaps in the backyard, the neighbors are a little less reluctant to give you that high five when they have some uh, over... Uh, dry pork or the brisket didn't really come out on par as it had been or what they're accustomed to in the past. Don't worry. If you have two or three up to five pounds of commercial injection that you decide that you hate, it's not a money waster anymore. Go to ButcherBBQ.com, click on trade-in link, print the label off, send whatever you have left of the commercial injection over to Dave. He will weigh it once he gets it, and then in your request, you'll say, I would rather have uh, bird booster or butchers the beef injection the prime injection or the pork injection he'll send you that amount that you sent him back in return with his product i mean two great things out of a plethora of wonderful items to take a look at when you go to butcherbbq.com you know all the other rubs the sauce all that good stuff uh, so remember bird booster and then remember trade in link if you have been jammed up on other commercial products uh, we're back with justin mclawn right after this stick around 
Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two All right, we're back. Uh, my next guest, getting ready to head down to the Bentonville, Arkansas, this coming weekend to defend their Sam's Club title and grab the repeat to boot. Currently ranked 88th overall, according to Barbecue Race Tucker. In the KCBS with a reserve grand to their credit already this year, let's uh, head back over to the hotline and welcome Lucky's Q pitmaster Justin McGlawn to the show. Justin, how are you, buddy? Good. How you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Justin. Appreciate you making time. Uh, probably, you know, kind of a, a busy week leading up to what you have coming competition-wise. I guess, well, you know, before we get into that uh, potential title defense coming down this weekend, maybe a little overview of how your 2013 season is going and kind of where you sit right now. Uh, we've we've had a pretty rough year, to tell you the truth. Uh, we've uh, been hit and miss on a lot of categories. Um, been struggling, I guess, to say the least. We've we've been in. Uh, 18 contests, I think, and uh, 12 top 10 finishes, but that still doesn't, you know, with one reserve grand, that's it. And uh, we've been struggling to to keep up the pace we had at the end of last year. Kind of speaking of the end of last year, you know, when you had, you know, whatever it was, eight or 10 hours in between seasons, uh, did you make any big changes to flavor profiles uh, at the end of the year before you started to pick back up again or anything that you can point to uh, kind of hit and miss? No, we actually came off at the beginning of the year, uh, cooked exactly the same pretty much, and it hit. And uh, each category was hitting, you know, if we cooked it right, I guess. Um, but then eventually, you know, the, the taste profiles change everywhere around, and uh, we had to adapt with all the changes going on, and uh, we added a few new rubs. Um, Big Papa Smokers, he's a, a sponsor of ours now, so uh, we've been adapting some of his rubs and uh, – it, it it it's really good, but you gotta you know you gotta change how you cook everything you know and uh, we just we've been changing and uh, it, I I think it's hitting pretty good now. So when I talk to pitmasters and kind of gauge, you know, when do you make a change or or how long do you wait? Because inherently, as long as I've done the show, the guys that are you know at or near the top always say you know you just can't go making wholesale changes weekend in weekend out. So when you see things maybe start to fall a little bit or aren't getting calls when they used to. How long did you guys wait before you decided to start making some changes? I usually wait four cont- contests and uh, three if it's really bad results um, and sometimes longer than that. Um, you, you know, with this KCBS score they got out now, you can really see, you know, okay, what did my table, what table did I hit? Was it a bad table? And uh, it, it really opens your eyes and uh, it, it, it lengthens your time between changes because you can say, hey, okay, maybe that was a bad table. And uh, it, it shortens the, you know, you, you, the time from when you change things. You, know, you, you don't really want to change that drastically. You know, minor changes, basically, is what I'm saying. Justin McGlone joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Lucky's Q 2012, Sam's Club overall grand champion, and heading back down there this coming weekend to defend his title. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, and it's kind of been an unplanned hot topic over the last couple of weeks of the show, Justin, which is this uh, bad table, which I guess 
in my estimation, I thought was maybe more of a myth, but now with this whole new ability to see where you sat on tables is, is becoming more and more of a harsh reality. When you see you hit a bad table and, you know, if you got on something else, you would have done that much better. How frustrating is that as a cook who is really putting in a lot of expense for what in a lot of these competitions is really kind of a shitty payout? I hate to say it, but, I mean, it's not like you're going to be winning fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 each time when you win. It might be you know, 2500 bucks. Is that frustrating as a guy who, who does as many contests as you do to really be at the mercy of a table? It's very frustrating. Um, it makes you wonder what that judge would like, or if if that judge itself, you know, is, if he's a cook, you know, if he's that much pickier, um, and he thinks his food's the best, you know, if some of that stuff goes across your mind, but you got to kind of blow it off. And uh, you know, I got hung up into the uh, KCBS score looking at those things for mid part of the season when it, they first came out, and uh, it really it, it changes your mindset. And you got to just cook, go out there and cook, and uh, you know you can cook right and uh, you'll hit the good tables, and you know every every team hits their streaks, and uh, you eventually hope you hit that streak again. And you know every top team will eventually hit the bad table. You know it's just a matter of time. All right, so Bentonville is back on the radar this weekend, uh, Justin. If you could just refresh us, what was your path to get where we're at right now? Well, we we uh, we squeaked through a little bit. Um, we started in Des Moines, uh, Iowa, like we did last year, and we uh, needed to get six, and we got six. And then uh, that took us to Rockford, Illinois, and uh, we needed to get 10th, and we ended up getting 10th, albeit, you know, it was a really close, I mean, I think it was like seven or eight points between Grand and 10th place, so it was a really tight race, but we barely squeaked by, and we made it, and that was uh, my main goal for this year, is to get back and, uh, you know, say it wasn't a fluke that we were down there the first time, so, you know, we can we can have a chance at it again. Were you nervous at all just to to grab the final move on spots for both the the local or the regional, uh, or as you said, you know, really is it just a matter of getting hitting that six, hitting that ten in order to to get back where you were? Um, Rockford was definitely hitting that ten because there was a, a stack field like a lot of the regionals are, but uh, you wanted to hit that. But uh, Troy Black, he he helps with putting a little pressure on you you know every cooks me you go to and he points you out and everyone's got your you know a target on your back and he's he's good at trying to do that but you know you just gotta you just gotta go cook that's all it is and there's so many good cooks out there you just gotta try to try to make sure make yourself shine that day to get it get that sixth or tenth place finish all right so you mentioned a couple minutes ago uh, you, you think everything is kind of hitting where you want it to be are you feeling pretty confident going down? You know, I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions about a repeat or anything like that, but are you in the best position right now with your marks and flavors to give yourself the best position to potentially repeat and win? I think we are. Uh, the The Royal wasn't a good uh, build-up for the contest. We, uh, speaking of the table of uh, death, if they, you, you will, you know, we hit that one in, in the open, and we didn't get the best results down there, but we had fun. And uh, our flavors right now and everything, I think, is meshing well. Um, I've been cooking pork, like, on every other day, it seems like, trying to get that figured out. It's been our weak category this year. So it's – I think we're, we're, we're sitting pretty good. It's just a matter of, you know, everything, you know, the meat turns out right. That's all it is. Justin McGlawn, pitmaster of Lucky's Q, joining us here on the show. Justin, is, I mean, is there any added pressure for you to repeat at all, or is it something that maybe – it's more internally placed by you and the team versus what you might be kind of feeling or seeing from other teams. 
I to repeat, no, and not a whole lot of pressure. Like I said, I just wanted to get down there again. But I think the most pressure was getting out of the local. You know, I didn't want to, if you will, you know, Tippy Canoe it. He he went to Madison that next year after he won it, and he didn't even make it out of the local. Yeah. And I, I my my goal, I even joked with Joe a little bit. I said, you know, my goal is to make it out of the, the local and just to have a chance to make it down there again. So, you know, that that was our main mission set out. You know, to to give a give a chance. I'm asking you to pontificate here just for a second, and you know it's always take the next competition as it comes. But let's just, for instance, assume that you won this coming weekend. Uh, that would get you the automatic invite to the Kingsford Invitational in a handful of weeks as well. Would you recook that again? Uh, you cooked that the first time uh, last year when Yazoo's Delta Q won it, but would you go back again if you won? That was a very fun contest. I mean, uh, you know, afterwards we all kind of. Oh yeah, that's over with. But you look back on it, it was fun. I, I think we would definitely address that issue. And uh, uh, they're having it in the New York Harbor or whatever on a uh, uh, boat or uh, aircraft carrier, which would be kind of a cool setting. You know, and it was a fun experience. So I definitely think about it again. You saying that being out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, wasn't the best setting for a competition first time, Justin? Or cows yeah, yeah, were roaming yeah. free. That, that cow pasture was pretty nice, though, Greg. You got to admit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was something to behold. Something all right. We'll leave it at that. Um, all right. So let me switch it up here just for a second, Justin. For the folks that maybe aren't familiar with you and the team, when did you guys decide to kind of get into this competition barbecue circuit, and maybe what was the motivating factor to jump in? Well, this is our uh, this is our third full year um, of competing, and as full, I'm saying you know twelve plus contests a year. And uh, we did some uh, backyard ones in our local town, and it was uh, fun, and, you know, we, we did really well in them. So we thought, hey, hey maybe we should just try to uh, see how we do against the big do- boys, you know, if you will. And uh, we just kind of escalated from there, and, you know, we, we were addicted. And so we continued every year to do about the same. Last couple of years, we've been at 18 to 20, 21 contests, and we just enjoy doing it, have a fun time. Are there any realistic visions or wants to put together a KCBS Team of the Year race at some point? Well, uh, I would love to. Um, with my job right now, I got I'm on call every third weekend, so I, you know, I have to be around. I can't, I cannot chase like a lot of these teams do, and I realize they have full time jobs. And, you know, they're they're working same as everyone else, but I have to be around. So I, I would love to try to chase. You got to cook better than I did this year, though, to have any realistic chance. <laughs> All right, so you, you mentioned it just a couple seconds ago, as far as how you started out as a backyard team, and, and that kind of actually segues nicely into the last question I have for you, which is, you know, over the last couple months or so, I've actually been getting this question into me. I have, I still baffled why people would ask me about competing, but I wanted to get your take on it. You know, there's a lot of backyard teams out there right now that do a lot of backyard events, and then they start thinking about maybe making that jump to the next level. How does a team know? When is best to take that jump? I think you yourself, you know. I mean, if you constantly win all the backyard contests and uh, you know run away with them, if you will, you know they, you should really think about going testing your skills against everyone else because it's a different ball game uh, completely. And I mean, not, nothing against the backyard contests; they're great. I mean, you know, the public comes out to them, everything like that. It's more just of a, a family friend friendly event, and. Uh, I, I think you know internally, you know, if you can do it yourself, you know, it's a matter of time, I guess. Justin McGlon is the pitmaster 
of Lucky's Q, and he will be heading to Bentonville, Arkansas, this coming weekend to defend the Sam's Club title. Uh, Justin, man, always great to catch up for you. Appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, may the karma be with you, my friend, and bring it home for us. <laughs> I hope so, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Justin McGlawn, Lucky's Q, joining me here on the show. Uh, I actually got a chance to visit with Justin last year. We were kind of joking about the uh, Kingsford Invitational just a couple minutes ago. <laughs> and, you know, I see uh, John Dawson is in the chat room. You know, no offense to Kingsford for putting on a first-year $50,000 winner-takes-all-the-rest-can-go-pound-salt, hit-the-bricks-pail-and-beat-it because you are going out. Easily the worst. Place you could have had a barbecue competition, whether you're filming it for TV to you know view four months later down the road or whatever. But the fact that we were in was it Bell, Missouri? Figure out where the middle of nowhere is, take a left, and then go farther than that, and then you've reached Bell, Missouri. Uh, I mean, couldn't have been a more. I don't even know if awkward is the right place to say. It just, to me, if I'm Kingsford, and I'm not, and I'm having a first-year invitational where you have teams that have won the biggest, most prestigious events during the course of that year to take place in a $50,000 walk, I want to hype it a little bit more, maybe have some foot traffic, maybe have some eyeballs, instead of the only eyeballs also having teats and producing milk. And having Clint Cantwell race around on a four-wheeler and potentially mowing everybody down because he's loaded. Well, maybe he wasn't loaded. Maybe he was. There's a lot of weird things going on with that. And by all accounts, um, most of us not invited back to do anything like that again this year. So we've ruined it. I I see that my streak is alive. I show up. It's ruined for everybody. They did the Kingsford University thing for like years and years. I got my invite. They wiped it out as soon as I stepped foot in that bitch. Hey, what are you going to do? John Dawson points out, at least there was after hours on the bus. You damn right. We can't talk about that. We were signed to strict adherence. Uh, We have a $20 gift card coming up out of the break. Stay tuned for that. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. I know. I killed it for everybody, Chadley. Arno Smokers, a custom pit builder, combining innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge offset and vault-style barbecue pits located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth. Granberry has been home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and the quality of their craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Now, if you've been looking into a custom pit, maybe you want to check these guys out first. Why? Well, how about the fact that there isn't those hefty price tags that are associated with some of those other pits and you're not sacrificing quality on top of that? Also, there's not a lot of that wait time that you're going to get from some of the other manufacturers on the market as well. At least make it your first choice to look at if you're considering buying an offset pit or a vault-style pit as well. Now, mention that you heard about Arno Smokers on the Barbecue Central Show receive an additional discount off the already low price. What's the additional discount? You're going to have to call in and ask. Do the legwork. I can't provide it all for you. i got to tease a little bit. You call in. 
For more information, follow their link to their Facebook page. You can find that right there on my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on their logo at the right, or you can visit the sponsor page or the links page, and that will get you to their Facebook page. Or, conversely, you can go ahead and email uh, one or both, Billy Overton, B-I-L-L-I-E, Billy underscore R-O smokers at yahoo.com, and or you can email Tony Belay, who happens to be pitmaster of Lone Star Smoke Rangers, Tony, T-O-N-Y, underscore R-O smokers at yahoo.com. So Billy underscore R-O smokers or Tony underscore R-O smokers, both at yahoo.com. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page regularly for weekly drawings and giveaways from their barbecue partners as well. Free stuff. I know you love free stuff. Go to my website, click on their logo, or visit the sponsors page, or visit the links page, and you can get to their Facebook page, there being RNO Smokers. Proud sponsor of the show. I'm very happy to have them aboard. All right, uh, your chance to win a $20 gift certificate coming up. Stand by. As mentioned, a $20 gift certificate from Richard Parker and the gang over at the Barbecue Superstore, that website, thebbqsuperstore.com, thebbqsuperstore.com. $20 gift certificate. You send me an email in the subject line, Lucky's Q Potential Repeat. Lucky's Q Potential Repeat. Simple enough. You can get a $20 gift certificate to the Barbecue Superstore, the BBQ Superstore. Dot com. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the uh, way to get in touch with the show. Should you see fit, more than happy to have you. I believe we uh, do have a winner coming up here for the $20 gift certificate. And that would be Chris Sorrell. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. There we go. Sorry. All right, Chris, so uh, you do not need to send me any type of shipping information. No need. I will forward your email over to Richard Parker and the gang over at the Barbecue Superstore. They will be in touch on how to redeem, and you would recall after uh, maybe, well, a number of months, 
Not to be confused with the number of months that I've done the show on the Outdoor Cooking Channel. Zinga! They went from a $10 gift certificate to a $20 gift certificate. So, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Doubled up there, doubling down on their belief that giving away stuff here on this show means ex- extensional, extensional. Huge returns. Let's uh, say it like that. Huge returns. Nice English. Sometimes you're reaching for the big words and uh, failure is the only thing that happens. They don't come out. Fred Bernardo from Tasty Licks Barbecue sent me a bunch of sauce and rub. We'll be giving away that uh, giving away that on the show uh, pretty soon over the next few weeks. And then here, look at this. He's also sent me a mouse pad. Do people still use mouse pads? He does. He still makes them. Brand new. Now I can see Fred playing hot licks on a turkey leg. I wonder if he really does that, like, at the uh, at the store. And we talk about the fact that he does those live cooking classes and stuff. I wonder if he does that, if he's playing a big turkey leg. Yeah, smoke ring. Barbecue one, rancid chicken, dirty chicken. I forget which one it was. Maybe it was dirty chicken. All right, so congratulations to Chris Sorrell for winning the $20 gift certificate to the Barbecue Superstore. Uh, thanks to my first hour guest, Ted Reeder. If you are a student at Niagara College, I highly suggest going in and uh, signing up for his product development class, Chef's Product Development, or whatever it was. And then we talked with uh, Justin McGlawn of Lucky's Q. I don't know if anybody's following the Sam's Club race feverishly as I am. I remember the first sam's club event that took place this year i mean that was all the way back like in end of february or march or something like that wow where does the time go now it's going to be all over come saturday at five central or later we're going to have a either a repeat winner or a new sam's club championship of course i believe 100% in my heart that because Justin showed up on the show tonight, he will obviously grab the repeat. So, you know, I'm not saying he's got to do a lot of extra work. Probably just show up, light the fires, throw the meat on, and let karma take care of itself. But whatever. So, uh, appreciate him stopping by as uh, they're probably getting ready to head out over the next day or two. From Iowa, right? Jeez, Pete. Iowa. That's far from Arkansas, I think. I'm no geologist. That was a joke. I'm no geographist. But that seems like it might be pretty far. All right. Uh, we are going to reset for the second hour. Big second hour coming up. We'll talk about it at the top. And uh, we'll finish it out strong. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how you going? 
You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Laverne, it's shake beef. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Boom. Matt is saying that there's a really good football game on ESPN as sexy as I am. The bullshit. Any football game that is on right now is probably being paid, uh, played in an inferior conference on a Tuesday night. Who is it? East Appalachian State versus the Mary Sisters of the Poor? Forget it. I don't want to start a fight. But college football might be one of the most overrated things on the face of the earth. Could be. Who has turned into the Wednesday night Rampy show, and what are the difference? Let's hear it. I plan to listen tomorrow night while trimming for a contest this weekend. Chad, let's just say this. If you like this show, you'll like that show. I don't want to get more involved than that. All right, well, maybe I will. Still to come tonight, by the way, Ronnie Lotz. Ronnie Lotz. You know Ronnie Lotz, right? Anybody that knows anything knows Ronnie Lotz. He'll be on coming up in about 13 minutes from now. And then uh, help me close. And my top light just went up. Uh, helping me close the show tonight, Daniel Vaughn, the prophet of smoked meat and the editor, barbecue editor for Texas Monthly, TMBB. And you got to be kidding me. Hold on a second. I don't know if this light just burned out or what. Afraid my cat might electrocute himself. Get that He's just messing around with the electric cord. He's all right. Now he's getting up into the egg chair. He's all right. Um, uh, Daniel Vaughn will be uh, joining me. Uh, Texas TMBBQ.com. Texas Monthly is the rag that he writes for. Uh, coming up on the show tomorrow night, in answer to Chad's question in his weekly segment, Ray Lampy asked Dr. Barbecue. Like that. Uh, and then, in a surprise appearance, Connie's Recipe Corner. If you're a fan of the show, you know that uh, that's my mom coming on and talking about some of the recipes she's working on. So to be sure to tune in for that, it's going to be lots and lots of great fun. I got this email from Michael. Greg, enjoying the Wednesday show. Thank you. Love Thursday. Love Thursday? But not being a comp. I think he meant Tuesday. Love Tuesdays, but not being a comp guy and new to the barbecue. The Wednesday show is more up my alley. And next week with brisket talk is exactly what I am looking for. All right. Well, Michael, thanks for writing this. You know, I still want to say that 
to a certain degree, I think the show unfairly gets pigeonholed into being a competition-only show, which really couldn't be further from the truth. Would you look at all of the guests we have lined up tonight? There's only... What? What? I'm going to argue with this son of a bitch. A balls. Um, Ted Reader, not a competition guy. Uh, Justin McGlon, all right, you got me there. Competition. We got to mix it in. Ronnie Lotz, not a competition guy. And uh, Daniel Vaughn, uh, not a competition guy. Maybe he's done competitions, but not known for being a competition guy. So, look, we're spreading it all over. Now, in fairness, and what Michael is saying is the Wednesday show really isn't going to be looking for competition stuff. Now, it might happen where I can't get a competition guy on Tuesday because I will mix it in, obviously, here on this show on Tuesday nights, but Wednesday isn't going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's, its effort is going to be more backyard focused, more general stuff, more fun loving stuff, talking with authors and bloggers and experts and, you know, stuff that doesn't necessarily have to do with the competition scene. I'm not abandoning it. Obviously, uh, we'll do it here on Tuesdays as well. But, you know, in the rare case that a guy can't come on Tuesday to talk about a competition, if I have the spot open on Wednesday, we'll do it there. But, again, it's only an hour, so it's not like we're, you know, asking you to, to block out a bunch of other stuff in your life. Just come back here tomorrow between 9 and 10. You'll be happily surprised. Chad, you're going to love it. Trimming up brisket, listening to uh, Ray Lampy answer an array of questions. We're actually going to be talking about brisket tomorrow night. So, uh, Chad, get your pen and pencil. And then we'll also be uh, talking with uh, Connie's Recipe Corner. So it's going to be absolutely fun. Michael, thanks for writing it. All right, the Sam's Club Series rolled into Midwest City, Oklahoma for the final regional event this past weekend. This is the last contest before the big one in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is coming down on the 19th, which is this Saturday, the top 10 teams moving up to the finals, which are in a mere short few days, winning it with a 697 and loose change. Caveman cuisine, boom. Uh, having a really good year in reserve and losing, losing, finishing second by, eh, let's call it four points or so. Was on the show a couple weeks ago, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey Dees. A good friend of mine outside, but he is also a good friend here when we're looking at uh, competition stuff. New to the competition, you know, newish. David Qualls, the American Dream Barbecue team. Uh, habitual smokers, fourth. Now, look at, I mean, first and fourth all finish 690 or higher. That's pretty impressive. Fifth, our butts are smoking. Sixth, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. Seventh, True Bud Barbecue. So Tim Grant makes it into the final. Eight, Worth Smoking Barbecue. Ninth, Bayou Boogie Barbecue. And rounding out the top ten, Fire Dancer Barbecue. So those are your final ten teams. So when you combine all of the other four regional events that have taken place, Quick math will tell you that uh, that will give you 50 teams in total, and they will be vying for overall champion. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you win uh, $25,000 if you win this coming weekend. So, you know, if you win or you finish reserve, I want to say if you win the, the local regional, it's you know, the local's 10, regional is 15 or something like that, and then 25 
for overall grand champion. So there's some money to be had. If you can win your if you can win your local, you can win your regional, you can win the whole damn thing. I mean, you've really amassed quite a chunk of change. I mean, imagine that. Imagine being the team that has no interest in chasing for KCBS Team of the Year, has really no other interest in doing a lot of the other competitions other than maybe to you know, hone the flavor profiles. But you do one local qualifier, Sam's, and you win it. You do one regional finals event to get into the finals, and you win that one, and then you win the overall. That's like 50 grand or so, right? Don G, how much does it pay out uh, if you win the regional? Is it 15 or something like that? Uh, John, I like the pit barrel cooker a lot. I use it I use it a lot. I have steered away, and I've talked to Noah about it. I've steered away from using the Kingsford charcoal. I like using it better with hardwood, and I found a really great source for uh, hardwood lump charcoal, believe it or not, at my liquor store. It is phenomenal stuff. It's dense. It's well-sized. And yes, we are talking about lump charcoal. I like it in a number of ways. I, I'm, st- you know, I'm not. Uh, I use it more with the grill grate versus hanging, but you know, okay. Oh, you meant Don G. <laughs> John, you should know that it's only about me, right? Absolutely. All right, uh, we do have another competition coming up uh, after we talk with. Daniel Vaughn, Jim Elser from uh, Sweet Smoke Q, wearing the T-shirt tonight, by the way. Uh, He'll give away a bottle of the Sweet Smoke Q juice. So if you haven't won that yet and you've been dying to get your little mitts on that in the free version, stay tuned for that. Uh, We're probably about 40 minutes away from that. I grill on a wooden deck, and you can't use a pit barrel cooker on a wooden deck if you like the deck. Don, I have a wooden deck. I put bricks underneath the pit barrel cooker. Works for me. Works for me. It doesn't really get that hot, Don. It's only charcoal. (laughs) Next week, dear Greg, uh, can I come and move in with you while my house is being rebuilt? It burnt down. You bastard. Literally, I I just stick... uh, I put the the shoehorn, horseshoe stand, and then underneath it, I put... I, I hammered out to size uh, fire bricks and I put it underneath it and it absorbs the heat and I can cook on it without any problem. Probably not fire safe. What can I tell Coming up out of the break, Ronnie Lott's first time guest. Before we get to him, I want to talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, longest running sponsor of the show, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. It's unfathomable that you would buy a automatic pit temperature control device from anyone else. I don't know why you would Now, if you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to break it all down, but let me tell you this. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set. It keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. It's not too good to be true. No, it's actually real-life technology, and you can take advantage of it today. Now, maybe you are a busy working professional, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a couple briskets, some slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There's a number of different models to choose from. The most popular, the CyberQ Wi-Fi, taking advantage of uh, Wi-Fi at your home, 
or Wi-Fi at a contest, wherever the case may be, and it pairs to your smart device, to your netbook, to your laptop computer, to your tablet, and you can make adjustments right there. You can see how it's cooking. You can ramp it up temperature-wise. You can ramp it down temperature-wise. You can see up three different meats internally and take care of it all there. You don't even have to open the pit. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do nothing. You can also go to the other side of that extreme, Party Q. $129. Fits on most of the most popular style of cookers. It's $10 more for the ceramic styles or the Kamado style cookers, if you will. So $139. But it's a self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. You can move it from one cooker to the next. You can put it on a big green egg. Then you can take and put it on a Weber Smoky Mount. Then you can put it on a uh, Weber kettle, and it works on all those. So, this is what you want to do. You want to head on over to thebbqguru.com. That's thebbqguru.com, or call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. If you have any questions, they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU, or visit thebbqguru.com, the Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, We're back with Ronnie Lotz right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Two ways to get in touch with me should you see fish. Uh, my next guest tonight, or the first guest in the second hour, is the proprietor of a barbecue eatery in the Chicagoland area. He is a pretty colorful past. always enjoy talking with folks who decide to take the leap into making barbecue their business. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome first time to the show, Ronnie Lott joining me. Ronnie, how are you, buddy? Oh my God. This is, Gene, this is incredible. I, I don't even know where I'm at. I feel like... I can do this with my lawyer now. No, I, I. Do you realize that I put cologne on for this interview? Luckily, uh, we have smell-o-vision tonight. Ronnie, no offense. You, you better put some more cologne on, buddy. Whoa. Hey, listen. My first question to you is, what are you drinking, pal? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm just drinking Pepsi. This is incredible. Gene, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Yep. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I've tagged you on the phone, and I know I probably made you nervous with my ranting on my text, but I, I want to tell you this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You, sir, are an incredible, what do you call yourself, broadcaster? Do you call yourself like a, a DJ, the podcast game? You are a pleasure to listen to, because I'm going to tell you, and, and I mean this, I, you listen to that one guy with the big trailer, with the nice teeth, the rich guy from Texas, he feeds all the, all the people. I think in my head that I want to hear the question that, and then all of a sudden it's like you go in my brain and then you like ask the question. I'm like, oh my God, you are on, you're on the fucking ball, man. And I just, I, this is a pleasure and uh, I'm totally stoked to be here. So oh. what's on your mind? Dan, Ronnie, you're going to be my personal hype man from now on. You're coming on tour with me. All right, <laughs> so 
Now, just to be clear, and for the people that are uh, watching on video, I think they can make up their minds for themselves. Uh, you're not the Hall of Fame safety that used to blow up ride receivers back in the 80s and early 90s, correct? No. In fact, there's a misconception. Uh, you know, the, he was supposed to be unmarried with children. They originally called me, but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like a 10-foot black guy that could, you know, run through a, a side of a Volkswagen. I was just, you know, it was uh, it was pretty funny. The producers called me, like, Ronnie Lotz. I'm like, he fucking hey. But uh, guess what? It was the wrong, the wrong one. It was the wrong guy. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, hey, it's true. Man. What do you want me to tell you? All right. So prior getting into the restaurant world, you did some, uh, well, for the people who don't know, you did some uh, pro wrestling stuff. Can you kind of take me back maybe to a, a different time and obviously industry and give us a little behind-the-scenes look at what life was like in that type of a deal? Uh you know, Gene, it's weird, but you, you kind of, you, you half blanked out. I got a little bit of it, and then all of a sudden it just went nowhere. Oh, uh, I was just asking about how you, uh, you know, in a previous life, you were doing some work in the professional wrestling scene. So if you could kind of take yeah. us back and, you know, tell us what that life was like. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a good thing to be involved in because uh, it's, it's not going to do, uh, look, Gene, that was a really bad time in my life. It was great. I, I am very grateful to uh, spend the time on the uh, Southern pro, re uh, pro Wrestling Circuit with, with wrestlers and, and uh, whatever it is. Uh, if it was not for that, I probably would not be barbecuing today. So for whatever it's worth, it was like my big introduction. Uh, here in Chicago, uh, I'm an authority on the Chicago Italian beef. And, uh, and that's what I like about your show because... Everyone talks about, they always say low and slow and low and slow and, and whatever they talk about. But Chicago is clearly, and I mean this, we're the home uh, of the low and slow. You know, uh, like a wood-fired Italian beef. We do that here. They took a really terrible cut of meat and roasted it really slow. The rib tip, which I feature here, is uh, also another, it's another cut of meat that needs to be low and slow. Well, I, you know what, I, I always hate when people say that term, but man, I got to tell you something. You were talking to like the king, uh, not the king, not me, but I mean, Chicago is just, all the good food has got to be barbecued just like, just low. I don't know what to tell you, Gene. We're talking with Ronnie Lotz. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that owns Cigars and Stripes Barbecue Lounge. If you want to check it out while we're talking, visit the website cigarsandstripes, all spelled out, dot com. So, Ronnie, where does the, the passion or the, the love of barbecue come from? Something that you kind of grew up around as a kid or something that you just got into later in life? Then? Well, it was interesting you brought up the, the wrestling thing. Uh, what, what used to happen is uh, we, we do a pro re professional wrestling circuit, and that was always that was the mouthpiece for these professional wrestlers. Long story short, Monday night, Mid-South Coliseum, we would be there. Tuesday night, Louisville Garden. Wednesday, Evansville, Indiana. Then we go to Blue Mountain, Mississippi up on, on, on like a Thursday. We go to somewhere in Arkansas, and we did this circle, and it never ended, and it never ended, and it never ended. However, the guys that I lived with were called the Moondogs, and uh, one of their sons, a kid named Jamie, his big thing was like, you know, hey, man, I killed it. And I'm like, all right, well, then I'll cook it. And then it's like, well, I don't know, man. Look, we would build uh, my introduction to this whole thing was, I would take cinder blocks and they're chain lick friends, and then uh, we'd just take these chickens and I cut them in half, and they'd call up all these drunken wrestlers, and then we'd barbecue. 
and they make me do it because I was a little guy. You know, so I'm not a big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm small. I mean, uh, I'm the manager here. So they make me cook for them. And then all of a sudden, I got to tell you something. I could take a chicken for real and make it taste good. And it, and it worked out quite well. Uh, one of my passions was uh, Italian jardinier. In Chicago, that's a condiment here that you can only get. My, my sister owns this, uh, this beef stand in California called uh, Taste Chicago. And they have a, a Chicago Italian beef. That's a trademark here. In fact, on these TV shows, they always talk about, like, you know, the beef, uh, Al's versus Mr. Beef or whatever. Anyway, uh, born and raised on it, that the condiment of jardinier, which means garden mix, you can't get anywhere in this country except for here. My sister has to have it drawn out in, in, uh, in pallets. So uh, I always had a passion for hot sauce and hot foods. You know, in fact, I got a hot sauce right here. Boom, there it is. Oh, listen, any of your listeners call up, I'm in. I'll feed you as many bottles as they call up. You can give them away all you want. This is Ronnie Lotz's Route 666. Uh, I'll make a long story short. Yep. What I started to do was, uh, you know, I drove around with these wrestlers. I think my business card, it said something like, uh, I'm a pro wrestling manager. They've got a trunk full of hot peppers or something like that. So I would sell this jardinier at the wrestling shows. It's a, it, it's a mix of serrano peppers. It has onions, garlic, uh, and celery. The thing is, is that they, they take the bottom round uh, uh, of beef and you slow roast it. Now, look, if you were an immigrant in the 1930s and you were, uh, were going to have a wedding, let's say, you, you didn't have a lot of money. So they, they took this, this, this slice of meat that nobody wanted and they, uh, they slow cooked it and they sliced it thin and they put it on a nice Italian loaf. And they dumped jardinier on it. It was always a big hit. Chicago's famous for it. I do a wood-fired one that will blow your doors off. <laughs> Whatever. Ronnie, me the- let me ask you something. I mean, you're doing all this stuff uh, in, the, in that you're pouring a, a great beer, as I can see. When did you open Cigars and Stripes? And was it the same as it is now? Or have you kind of evolved and changed over time with that business model? Well, listen. 13 years, 13 horrible, rotten, miserable years ago. I, uh, I, did, I just, I don't know what I did. I, I decided to open a cigar store. I, I'll be real. Do you want the full story, Gene? Or do you want me to you, just ju- jump in? Because you, know, you got to stop me. I get a little wound up. I'll tell you the story. Well, remember, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're on a time segment. So, you know, you've, you give me the good stuff. Well, I'll give you the good stuff. We used to repo cars. And then the object of when we repossessed cars, I had a store. I had a, a cigar a, a shop, and my, my thing was I used to hand pinstripe, uh, you know, race cars and motorcycles. And in the off-season, we'd repo cars. The object of repossessing What's, cars... Are there people making out behind you, Ronnie? What is going on over there? Oh. Get a hold of your show there, pal. How you doing, sweetie? There's <laughs> yeah, a regular there. Go ahead. What do you want to do? Long story short, we used to repossess cars, and the object was to go in there and rifle through. I was an expert at taking the change out of the ashtrays. So we took all this change out of these ashtrays, and then uh, we put it in this giant 55-gallon. Long story short, we bought cigars with it. And then uh, all my friends would come over and smoke my cigars and said, listen, you know, I'm going to open a cigar store. That's what I said. That was the bottom line. So you guys are stealing my cigars. I opened a cigar store. I had a couple of Czechoslovakian wrestlers that were killers. My grandfather was in the business. Long story short, called up Jerry Lawler on the phone. 
drove down there. He said, look, come out and wrestle with my guys. And we just, and I went on the wrestling uh, circuit. That, that, that's really what it is, Gene. And that was it. So I opened a cigar store. Then this bar came for sale. And, and I'll tell you what, one day, this guy walks in. He's a 350-pound man. I want you to listen to me. I'm not kidding with you. And he looks at me. I'm about two years into this business. And he says, Ronnie, give me a butt light. And I told him, I said, listen, I would rather die than serve you a butt light again. I'm not going to do this day in and day out. I'm not going to sell you a butt light. I've been pumping English ales down your faces for years, and nobody's listening to me. I'm done. You know what? In fact, I'm not paying my mortgage no more. I'm buying my smoker because, because the only time I had, I felt like I was alive when I was cooking for those drunken, drugged up wrestlers. So there you go. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, I got a chicken wing that'll blow your doors off. It's smoked. Any meat you have should be smoked with the exception of a steak. And your steak guy that was on is unbelievable. The guy from, uh, where was he from? What, uh, fuck. He knows his shit. We're talking with Ronnie Lotz. You can find him at cigarsandstripes.com. If you're in the Chicagoland area, obviously look him up, Cigars and Stripes Barbecue Lounge. Uh, Ronnie, obviously you're a guy with a lot of passion. Um, <laughs> your place has, has gained you know, some acclaim through local papers. Uh, you've had some people uh, do some YouTube clips uh, for their particular shows. You always seem to have something going on there in regards to entertainment. Uh, is that something that you look to help draw in people or is it just kind of the shop taking on your personality uh i'll tell you this barbecue if it wasn't for the fact that uh i i bought a, a smoker a couple of years back and it was uh it was an offset smoker and i have never had such a miserable time with a machine in my life these guys in alabama built it hey it was the best price out there i'm going to tell you something Talk about heat plates, talk about chopping it up, talk about welding it, lowering the firebox. Why is it that the front end of that smoker is, is 350 degrees and the ass end over here is 100? I lost my mind. And uh, it was right in the beginning of the birth of our, of our chicken wing, which I wanted to offer to our customers. And uh, long, long story uh, short, I have about four or five smokers. I wish I could take this and show you my smoke pit. It's amazing. I got four different smokers. Let me change gears just for a sec. Do it. Halloween is coming up. Now, <laughs> look, I kind of gave it up when I was like 10, but Cigars and Stripes might be haunted, according to more than one account. Uh, look, you own the place. Do you have after hours, or perhaps I should say afterlife visitors in that place? Mm. I never bought into that hey, baloney. Hey, uh, Ronnie, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Isn't it against the law to smoke in a bar? What are you doing? You're going to kill yourself with those things. Listen, you know, I like your haunted your haunted angle here, and yes, I'll be short. The place is haunted as shit. Here's really? The thing. I work, Gene, look at me, 127 hours in this building. I will do what I want in it. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, I'm not kidding with you. Yeah! Gene, man, this is like that whole thing. If they don't like it, don't be in here. You're eating pork for crying out loud. What are you doing? Uh, you know, whatever. Yes, you're right. It's illegal. Oh. Hey, it's your it's your it's your place, right? I mean, is it like is it really against the law or is it something that you just should not do? 
tell you what, it, it's funny that you bring that up because um, what happened was is that when they implemented the, the, the taking my my privately owned property and taking my rights away from it. You want to yeah. start here? You want yeah. to go with this? No, I understand okay. completely. Yeah. But I'll tell you what happened, Gene. Yeah. The, uh, they, they did that whole thing. And, and quite frankly, look, I'm a smoker. I'll smoke outside. But there is nothing I like more uh, than the smell of, of barbecue food. So I was like, that was the changing point. When I, I told you a story about the Budweiser, and I'm not serving this guy anymore, and I put American craft beers on. I have some of the finest, I specialize in American craft and Belgian beer and smoked foods. And I was I was mad at first, I'll be honest with you. I was very angry. I was like, oh, my, my property rights, blah, blah, blah. But you have to change with the times. You know what I mean? So I, I went out of my way and I said, look, I'm buying my smoker. I'm not paying my mortgage anymore. I'm buying the smoker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my recipes on. I'm going to put my craft beers on. And I don't really give a fuck at my clothes. What do you think of that? And what happened was uh, the smokers can stand outside outside if they want. Right now, hey, I'm on the biggest radio show of all time. I'm going to smoke my balls off. I'm gonna yeah, that's right. And do some shots while you're at it, Ronnie. Loosen up a little bit. I, I told you I put cologne on. This is stupid. <laughs> all right, so let's get back to the haunted thing here. Like, what can you tell me? You know, documented-wise, that uh, this place is, is really haunted. Because I, I went to college in, I guess, what many consider to be one of the most haunted cities anywhere on the face of the earth, which is Athens, Ohio. So I know a little bit about the haunted stuff, but what can you tell me about Cigars and Stripes and why it's haunted? Well, I, I'll tell you this. Number one, I don't care about a ghost. I don't give one shit. However, after living here for 13 miserable years... Because I live in the building. I live up. Um, what story do you want to hear, Gene? They're all over. I'll tell you right now. If your listeners go right now, well, not, of course, when the segment's over, to cigarsandstripes.com yeah. or stripesbarbecue.com, the first thing you will see is a testimonial of a man who saw the shadow person. Um, oh, man. I'll give you the one story. The fella comes in here. He says, hey, I used to have a sign-up. I used to sell a, a brand clothing. It was Lucky 13. And it was all race car, hot rod, barbecue, you know, chicks, uh, T-shirts. And he says, you know what? I want that. It was a skull and crossbones. And it said, uh, it said um, Lucky 13. And the guy walks in and he says, hey, man, I want that sign. I said, yeah, you and everybody else, pal. And I said, no, 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 listen. <laughs> That's not for sale. He goes, no. I want it. My father's name was Lucky. He said, what do you want from me? So what? Coincidence. I'm not going to, I'm not selling the sign. Man. He goes, he was a, a fuck. What did he say? He was either born or he died on the 13th. He goes, no, no, he was born or died on the 13th. I can't remember what it was. I go, the sign ain't for sale. You and everybody and their mother wants this sign. He said, I'm going to tell you something. If I tell you something right now, will you please sell me the sign? Oh, one up me. Go ahead. He walks in the middle of my floor and he points his finger down and he says, he died right here on this floor. Wow. That's what I said. I said, get the fuck out of here. So I go back to the, to the Berwyn uh, Public Library, pull up the microphone and start looking. Sure enough, sure as shit, 1981, lucky truckster. He was a Berwyn policeman, fell dead in my doorway. And I'm going to tell you something. I haven't had a fight in this building in 10 years. I'm in the liquor business. I saw some of this beer right here, 8.8%. So, my point is, I've been pretty lucky. And I got a feeling that lucky trucks them. I'll tell you a story about the front of this building that will make your skin 
crawl and stop, and I was sold on its haunted. There are, uh, if you go to Stripes Barbecue, there's a man that saw the ghost. So, uh, well, you know, I see you rolling your eyes. No, I uh, no, I'm not. I, I was because no. you even told me, you go, yeah, I like Halloween when I was ten. You told uh, me. <laughs> No, look, uh, I, I watch the ghost shows just like everybody else, and I want to make sh- you know I want to believe that I might be able to to run across one. And obviously, uh, you've had you have some hauntings there. It's obvious hauntings. Uh, it's yeah. The gentleman on the website, I just loaded up my. I got listen. I got a producer too, by the way. He's over here. It, look, I'll just tell you this: not a producer, but a guy helped me out with this guy because I don't know what I'm doing. However. <laughs> I did put it. He saw the ghost. He saw a shadow person. Can I take this right now? I'm going to ask my producer. Can I take this and show you where the shadow person goes through the hallway? He said, yeah, I don't think so. I'm doing it. I'm going wireless, Gene. If I lose you, I'm calling you back. You got to see this. You will Are go. You ready? Yeah, go. You got 35 seconds. All right, roll here. 35 seconds. Troll- all like that. Rolling through cigars and stripes. Look at this, this place. Hey, look at that. There's a guy. We've got a movie night going here. Look at it. Oh, can you see that? Look at it. Right there. This is this is where he dropped dead. Oh, wait. I'm going to get on this side here. That oh. hallway. You see the hallway? I hope yes. That's where they see the shadow person. Now, it walks across this way, which is our dining room, which used to be our game room, or... It walks up the hallway and disappears into the wall. Huh. And if you sit this way, this is where you see it. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see that guy? Yeah, I see that guy in the blue shirt. Well, there you go. If you're sitting in his seat and you sit there long enough, I'm telling you like I know my name, Gene. You will see that son of a bitch go right to the wall and scare the shit out of you. Well, I, uh, I I believe me, I am not discounting uh, that story at all, which I think leads to the ambiance and why people, if they're in the Chicagoland area, maybe they live there right now, maybe they're going to be there on vacation or passing through, they need to hit up cigarsandstripes.com or uh, or visit you, uh, Cigars and Stripes Barbecue Lounge. And you're pretty much there all the time, right, Ronnie? So people can come, ask for you, they'll say, hey, I heard about you on my show, and they'll, they'll get some information from you. I never, ever, ever leave this damn building. I'm here 24 hours a day. Really? I believe you. All right. Uh, look, Ronnie, um, we're going to have to pick up at a, at a different point. I appreciate you coming on tonight and giving uh, me a little team. you know, background about you and the building and stuff like that. But we got a lot of uh, barbecue stuff to talk about. Gee, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm a historian on the slow roast. Do you realize the rib tip was invented here in the Chicago stockyards? Do you realize we specialize in this? Yes. We got a lot to talk about, Gene. We're going to talk about barbecue next time on, Ronnie, all right? I, I, I want to say this. Yeah. I like the fact that that little bratty kid of yours came in there and kissed you on the cheek the other day. I, my heart was warm. I swear <laughs> to God. I had a, like a 20, 10 years old. My kid, my kid is in driving school now. <laughs> Whatever. I think it was the sweetest thing. I think you're a great man. And I, uh, I listen, I just appreciate your radio program. I love it. I want you to know this from the bottom of my heart. I feel like when I listen to your program, I go to barbecue school. I learn a lot. That's what, we're, uh, that's what we want to do. And, Ronnie, we're going to have you back on to talk about actual barbecue next time. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on tonight, buddy. Thanks for the warning. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Ronnie Lotz, ladies and gentlemen. 
Cigarsandstripes.com. Cigarsandstripes.com is the website if you want to check it out. Um, yeah. There you go. If you're... Uh, there's uh, you know, probably a good couple handful of people that have uh, been there said the food is really good and the beer is really good all right uh the prophet of smoked meat coming up next uh right now i'm going to talk to you about Stephen defranco Stephen defranco jewelers my personal jeweler should be your personal jeweler. Uh, look maybe you got something special coming up i'm not breaking any news when i tell you that christmas is like 74 days away how many days is Christmas away? 74. Make it. Make it. This time. That you don't screw up. Go jewelry. Go watch. Go earrings. Go anklet. Go brace. Go glass jewelry. Go artisan bolt. You can do it all through my guy, Stephen DeFranco. Uh, website, Stephen DeFranco, D-I. StephenDefranco.com or call him 440-943-2700. And again, you know I talk about it all the time. Why would you want to go somewhere that you're going to be treated in a very impersonal fashion? You're not going to have the knowledge that uh, Stephen and all the other people have at his shop, and they're going to sell you into something that potentially you don't even want that you don't need. Stephen and his gang will be there to ask questions. They're not going to try and squeeze you into something that you aren't looking for, that your budget isn't going to accommodate, that isn't going to convey the right message. You know, all these things need to be taken into account when you're looking to make some type of a jewelry purchase. Uh, you're going to get a lot of extras that you don't normally get at a lot of these chain places as well, like extra years of warranty on watches, free batteries for life, the free engraving, the free gift shopping. You know, this is all stuff that you're not going to get or that you're going to be charged for everywhere else. So, again, do yourself a favor. 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. If he doesn't answer the phone, tell me you listen to the show. Tell me you hear me talk about him all the time and that you're interested in getting the hookup. And he'll take it from there. Dollars fall off. Shipping is free. You're saving money hand over fist. And you're dealing with somebody who is not only supporting the barbecue industry, but is a barbecue guy himself. And he's looking to help you guys deal with somebody that is reputable when it comes uh, to this type of purchase. You never want to feel comfortable, uncomfortable when you're doling out, you know, big cash. All right, uh, we're back with Daniel Vaughn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. You can also uh, email the show if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Let me... Uh, Oh, what the hell's going on here? I get all right, all right. My next, oh, for the love of Mike, my next guest on the line right now is the uh, barbecue editor for Texas Monthly, and he's been on the show a few times. Very happy to have him back. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome back the prophet of smoke meat, Daniel Vaughn. Daniel, how are you, buddy? 
I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Daniel. Appreciate you asking. Uh, I'm trying to f- where. What did I do here? I got to figure out. I got to get Justin's picture off because he's hiding you. There you are, holding your brisket <laughs> slices in hand. All right, Daniel. So uh, you know you're traveling Texas. You're eating in various barbecue eateries. You're reviewing them. Uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you are the the first barbecue editor to anyone's knowledge. And now that you have some time under you in this position. You know, how are you finding it? Is it everything that you hope for? Is it even better? Uh, are there areas of improvement that you could find? I mean, what's your overall take right now? Uh, well, you know, it really is turning out better than I thought it would be. Um, just the, uh, you know, the amount of time that I'm able to spend um, going around the state is, is certainly a, a big benefit. Um, also, just some of the people I've been able to meet. Um, just, just the fact that I've got the, the title of barbecue editor, um, you know, all of a sudden that means when, when people, uh, you know, when, when celebrities even come into the state and they want to be taken around for some barbecue, um, they end up either calling me or calling Texas Monthly. I mean, just today, actually, I was uh, down in, in Lockhart, Texas. Um, uh, jazz musician uh, Wynton Marsalis and, uh, and some other great folks were, were wanting to tour Lockhart, Texas. And so... We went to Kreitz Market and we went to Black's there as well. Uh, along with us too was Frank Stewart, who was the photographer for um, Smokestack Lightning, a, a great barbecue book uh, that came out in the late 90s. So um, you know, it's it's just the fact that I have that title, the fact that I'm uh, now seen as um, uh, you know the expert on Texas barbecue. It certainly opened a lot of those doors. So that, that's certainly something I wasn't expecting, and it's such a great level. Is is a Wynton Marsalis like asking for you specifically, or is he searching out Texas Monthly and and they're uh, in turn referencing you as the, as the guy to go to? Yeah, it was uh, it was a call to Texas Monthly saying they wanted the barbecue editor to uh, to come down to Lockhart. Wow. So uh, I was happy to oblige, and um, it should it actually is is it was filmed for uh, uh, CBS Sunday Morning, and so that should be coming up. I think they said it would be airing right around Thanksgiving time. You've been seeing, you know, more and more time in front of TV cameras. Uh, I've seen you on TV a couple different times. Uh, you know, this is going to be another thing where you're going to be on television. Are you becoming more and more comfortable in front of it? Uh, do you still have, uh, or do you have any trepidation kind of being filmed and then put up there for the general public to see? No, not really. Uh, it's something I've gotten pretty used to. Um, it took a while to get used to it, but the... The thing that really uh, strikes you, I guess, is is when you realize every time that you're on camera and you've got that microphone on, um, they're going to film you for like an hour and a half um, <laughs> or two hours, and then you're going to get like that condensed down to two and a half minutes on TV. So <laughs> it's like they they have already spent time and effort in finding you, getting you on camera. They have a vested interest in making you look intelligent. Um, so, you know, the, you just got to kind of roll with it, and there's going to be plenty of mistakes. Uh, everybody who's on, on camera and who's, who's having the conversation with you are going to make mistakes as well. So, you know, you just got to kind of roll with it and keep going. But, yeah, um, you know, it's not something that comes natural to me. I've, I've never really been on television, uh, even radio shows and things. It's not anything that I had done normally until uh, the barbecue editor position was, was named and then uh, the following book tour. So, 
Um, you know, it's something that I've gotten a lot more used to, but it's still something I'm working on. We're talking with the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly, Daniel Vaughn. Uh, his website, tmbbq.com, if you want to check out uh, what he's been up to lately. Daniel, do you and Texas Monthly see this editorship evolving into more of a grander role or you know has there been talk about any type of a uh, like vertical in, in that position uh well you know right now we're texas monthly as a whole is really looking at at, at growing our digital footprint uh and and you know tmbbq is a big part of that so um you know, right now they've they basically created a whole website for me and, and created a position for me. So as far as is really growing, like right out of the gate, no. But as far as uh, you know, giving me resources, uh, you know, we have we have interns that are usually used for the the print editorial side that uh, I've been given some access to 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 help in research and things like that. So uh, you know, that's certainly been helpful. Um, so I, I wouldn't say like grow it in a huge way, uh, but you know, it's just it's one of those things where I've been given the resources to be able to continue to to post on it uh, day after day, week after week. All right, Daniel. So you know, you can go to tmbbq.com. You can see the list of of the best Texas barbecue restaurants out there. But it is kind of important to remember that you know, just like here in Cleveland, there are some pretty ungood barbecue spots on the Texas map as well, aren't there? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote a column last week that was uh, it was really just a wrap up of uh, a bunch of bad barbecue places that I've been to um, in the recent past here. Uh, you know, of course, it, the the most fun is to go to a barbecue place that you've never been to and have a great meal and you know be able to get excited about it, be able to get excited about that uh, you know somebody out there is is cooking great barbecue that you hadn't discovered before. But um, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of bad barbecue out there. Uh, and I, I see part of my job is not only uh, highlighting the people who are doing a great job, but also as a you know an advocate for the consumer. If uh, if people are out there um, driving around looking to where looking where to spend their money uh, on barbecue, I'm also going to let you know if there are places that uh, well, in my opinion, aren't doing a very good job, uh, so that you don't have to you know essentially you don't have to bother uh, wasting your time going into that place and and finding out for yourself that it's that it's pretty bad. And you know, I um, I certainly catch a little bit of flack for it because uh, people say that I'm I'm trying to um, you know ruin families' livelihoods and things like this. I, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting though that 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 comes up in barbecue, uh, but it really doesn't come up in the food world in general. Um, a negative review of uh, any other type of restaurant isn't ever seen as like a an attack on anyone just because you've said something bad about somebody's food, but but in barbecue it, it seems to be that way. Um, and I actually was having having some discussions with people about this, like you know what is the root cause of it, and and, and one of the things that you know that is unique to barbecue is that most of it is is rural, and uh, most of it is. You know, I'm I'm usually going to be reviewing a place that that's it's somebody's favorite um, because it's in their town. You know, it's what they grew up eating, and so there's always going to be a little bit more emotion tied to it. No, I can't imagine that you find any type of happiness in torching a place or at least unrecommending it. 
But, you know, on the same side of the coin, you can't just summarily pass over it without letting people know that cash might be better spent on an Arby's Smokehouse brisket sandwich instead of the place that you just ate at. So, you know, when you look at all of the reviews you've done to date, you know, are there two or three that really stick out to you as, man, I can't believe this place is even open? Well, um, you know, there's <laughs> – of the latest column that I wrote, there was one in there. Um, it's actually closed now. Um, so now there I'm not going to beat a dead horse because it is that, – that's just mean to bring up a place that's already closed and, right. and you know, just throw fire on it. But they uh, they served um, a garlic-stuffed brisket, and they basically taken that garlic, um, that pre-chopped garlic out of a jar. Yeah. Uh, and and shoved it into a whole brisket and then smoked it. So it actually looked it looked like it was wounded when I got it. It, it had these. It looked like they had these uh, almost uh, sutured up wounds uh, in the meat. So that was that was pretty terrible. But as far as uh, more recently, uh, you know, I was just on a road trip through um, post Texas on my way back from Lubbock. I was I was going from Lubbock, Texas back here to Dallas and stopped at a place called George's Barbecue. Um I I had real hopes for the place. I'd driven around um the back and they had the the pit room open. They had a, a wood fire offset smoker back there, you know, smoke was coming out of it. Uh these are all usually good signs. Yeah. Signs that uh, at least what I'm gonna get is going to be a decent meal. And you know, when I walked in to place the order they had just kind of crossed off ribs off the menu, uh, so really all that was left from the from the barbecue side was uh, some some brisket and sausage. Now I will say that I, I should have uh, I should have at least taken the hint then uh, when there was a full menu of like fried chicken and chicken fried steak and burgers <laughs> and and everything else and barbecue was on the back uh, that you know maybe uh, maybe it wasn't the greatest uh, greatest idea to stop. But again that that, that uh, good-looking smoker was out back there, and when I took the the food out to the carts, I opened up the the tray and it was just, I mean, it, it looked like, um, well, it's it's hard to describe. It was like this just light gray. Um, <laughs> it, it it almost looked like a a filleted eel or something. Uh, it, it was just very strange looking, uh, and and just was flavorless. It was just something that when you took a bite of it, you just had to ask yourself, how did somebody put this in a box and think that somebody else was going to enjoy it? You know, and that that's really what it boils down to is, you know, I, I don't really think people that are serving some of this really terrible barbecue think that they're serving something good. Mm. They're just like, well, this is what we got. So here you go. Give me 10 bucks. Daniel you know, Vaughn. That's, just, uh, that's not right. <laughs> 10 bucks. Daniel Vaughn joining me here on the show. So, you know, I mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago about the uh, Arby's sandwich. You know, a number of yes. fast food chains have thrown their hat into the barbecue products offering on their menu. And, you know, some are like limited time offering. So it's not something that stays on the menu for good. Uh, most notable for that would be like the McRib, which makes an appearance like once or twice a year. Long winded, I right. know. But have you had the Smokehouse brisket sandwich from Arby's? And if so, what did you think, and what about the overall scope of the fact that fast food seems to be getting into barbecue items? Yeah, well, I think with uh, the expansion of barbecue and the popularity of it, you're seeing it, barbecue being, you know, different barbecue traditions being usurped in, in different uh, regions of the country. You know, New York, bar New York barbecue joints opening up uh, using 
you know, basically borrowing styles of barbecue from elsewhere. And, and really that happened, that's happening all over the country. Uh, and so I think it's kind of natural to see a kind of commodification of barbecue uh, that's happening with the, uh, you know, with the fast food chains. Basically, like if we put barbecue on the menu, all of a sudden we've got a really popular buzzword on our menu and, and people will come order it because, you know, barbecue's hot or, you know, barbecue's the, the, the cool thing to be doing right now. Um, and so it's pretty sad because what they're doing is, is so far from what should ever be considered barbecue. Um, and, you know, you said you'd mentioned that some of them have a limited run. Like with Burger King, they had uh, their Memphis barbecue sandwich over the summer, and they discontinued it. But uh, just this week I saw a new advertisement, and they're like, brand new, we're just introducing our uh, barbecue pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, that's just what you called a Memphis barbecue sandwich earlier this summer. Uh, but now you say you're introducing this new sandwich that's a pork barbecue sandwich. It's, it's just silly. Now, um, for Arby's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to get behind the idea of a, a fast food uh, brisket sandwich. Um, but they are Arby's, I will give them credit for trying a little bit harder than the others. Um, they actually do buy smoked brisket from uh, from a vendor in Texas. They um, they actually s- did some research on uh, how to carry that smoke flavor a little bit better. Uh, I actually got to talk to the head chef at Arby's uh, about how they developed the sandwich. Uh, he he knew that I was going to be writing a story about fast food barbecue, and he was. <laughs> I'm certainly very keen on the fact that um, as the barbecue editor at Texas Monthly, it probably wasn't going to be the most glowing review. <laughs> but he was great about it and, and gave me a lot of uh, a lot of interesting information and stuff that is you know real really gets down to food science that uh, about carrying flavors that I really hadn't expected. Um, but but it's something that the fast food folks are studying all the time. You know how to how do you actually make something um, this cheap pleasing to eat? And one of the tricks he used was uh, was mayonnaise, actually. Oh, damn it. Bad I was just going to ask you about that. Oh. Yeah, You're yeah. too good. Well, so I, I asked so I asked him about the mayonnaise. I'm like, so you got barbecue sauce on the top. Why mayonnaise on the bottom? He said, well, actually, because if I put barbecue sauce on top and bottom, it's too much sauce. Uh, but we needed the moisture on the bottom, right? This is just more of the, uh, you know, the mouth feel of everything. Yep. And he said, so if we use mayonnaise, then um, actually, because it's a uh, it's a fatty spread, you know, it's mainly oil. It carries and captures uh, the drippings from the brisket and the smoke flavor, and so it actually uh, mayonnaise coats your mouth. So whatever flavor it's carrying is the flavor that's coating your mouth. Hmm. So uh, in a in a very odd way, they decided to use mayonnaise not for the flavor of mayonnaise, but the fact that the fattiness of the mayonnaise would coat your mouth and carry the smoky flavor of the brisket with it. Because we have, well, we you have mentioned that here on this show. Do you assume that you will see a run on mayonnaise throughout barbecue joints throughout the country to help carry the flavors of their barbecue now? I sure hope not. I mean, most, most places are using more than three ounces of meat on their sandwich, too, so they don't need anything to help carry the flavor. It's just they've got enough meat on there to actually make you feel it but uh, or make you taste it. I, I did... Uh, I did actually go to college in New Orleans, 
And I found it funny that whenever you got a barbecue sandwich there, really anytime you got a sandwich of any sort there, uh, there was a huge uh, just glop of mayonnaise on the on the bottom bun. Like no matter what you were getting, it could be roast beef and gravy, and there was going to be mayonnaise on it. Uh, and the same went for any sort of barbecue sandwich. So it'd be uh, you know whatever meat with barbecue sauce and lots of mayonnaise. Hmm. Uh, it really wasn't a great combination. I think uh, you know down there it could be like a French heritage thing because. Uh... French people put mayonnaise on everything yeah. over in France. Yeah, yeah, good possibility. I've I've never had any barbecue sandwiches over in France, so maybe I'd have to maybe I have to go travel over there and and see. All right, well, uh, you uh, get that flight over there. I, of course, am staunchly against anything French, so I will wait to hear your uh, take on that. Uh, we are talking. Well, about- I actually just. I actually just got a uh, an email from a guy in France who was looking to open up a barbecue joint in Paris and wanted uh, wanted to find a barbecue mentor here in Texas to help teach him the ways of real smoked meat. Uh, is he uh, going to call his place We Surrender Barbecue? Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, we're talking with Daniel Vaughn from uh, Texas Monthly. He's the barbecue editor. TMBBQ.com is the website. Uh, Daniel, next time we have you on, and it's got to be sooner than later, uh, we should, uh, for the people that know, bring everybody up to speed on the brisket sucks via Josh Ozerski type deal that you're in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, he's, uh, you know, he's he's the classic New York City blowhard uh, <laughs> who thinks that everything in New York's better than anywhere else in the world. So, hey. uh, actually, uh, I, I will give him credit though. He is going to come down to Austin and uh, take a tour. We haven't set up, settled on a date yet, but take a tour of the barbecue joints in Austin so he can basically be blown away and, and you know, just go back to New York with his tail between his legs. Good. We'll get into that a little bit more next time. But as always, Daniel, appreciate the time, and thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk to you. You got it. There he is. Uh, the only barbecue editor in the country, Daniel Vaughn from uh, Texas Monthly which is fabulous. TMBBQ.com is the uh, website if you want to check them out. TMBBQ.com. All right. Coming up out of the break, your chance to win Sweet Smoke Q Juice. i got to turn off my auto stop. Otherwise, I'm going to be screwed. I held up his mouse pad earlier. He was on last week. Fred Bernardo of Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Uh, right now, by the way, I am 50-50 on Ronnie Lott's best guest ever. Of course, there is the other 50%, Ronnie Lott's weirdest guest ever. Hey, opinions are like a-holes. Everybody's got them. Fred is carrying a lot of different stuff these days. Uh, the Kamado cookers, the Meadow Creek cookers, lots of different spices that you might be looking for. Oak Ridge, brines and rubs, smoke on wheel stuff, plowboy stuff. Tasty Licks, the Big Green Egg headquarters. Many items for the egg you can't get anywhere else. Big Green Egg items are in stock, ready to ship to you. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, carrying the Harry Sue's Chicken Rub. He is a carrier of injection as well, all the big hitters. Butcher Barbecue, Cosmos Q, of course, uh, the Barbecue Guru products, their associated accessories. And Tasty Licks is a Green Mountain Grill dealer as well. Uh, He does classes for the public. Uh, Fred teaches a lot of them. Uh, but he's also bringing in top pit masters across the country to teach at his facility in Chillington, Pennsylvania, as well, a couple different times a year. Attention teams, competition, barbecue, headquarters, Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, all your 
competition needs. Pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turning boxes for practice. It's your one-stop shop, tastylicksbbq.com, the place to go. So head on over right now. Enjoy the videos that Fred puts up on his page as well. Plenty to choose from. And don't forget that Tasty Licks manufactures their own line of rubs and sauces. I just had some of the sauce last night. It's really good. Really good. You gotta try him. When you order, drop Fred a line that you heard about him here on this show. Let him know his support of the show is appreciated. TastyLakesBBQ.com. That's TastyLakesBBQ.com. Your chance to win sweet smoke Q juice coming up. Stick around, we'll be right back. You can win stuff and I'll give it away for free. All right, for Sweet Smoke Q Juice, you have to send me an email. But first, let me thank Jim Elser, the pitmaster of Sweet Smoke Q, for giving away a bottle a week for the last number of weeks. Again, we reference number of weeks. Sweet Smoke Q. Sweet Smoke, the letter Q.com is the website if you want to buy your own bottle if you don't win tonight. I can understand you want to get your hands on it. You don't want to wait around. Buy a bottle or two or ten of your own. Sweet Smoke, the letter Q.com. Uh, for your bottle of Sweet Smoke Q juice, write me an email. And in the subject line, Ronnie Lotz Rants. Ronnie Lotz Rants. And you can win a bottle of Sweet Smoke Q juice from Jim Elser. Pitmaster of Sweet Smoke Q. That website again, Sweet Smoke, the letter Q.com. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Winning Sweet Smoke Q Juice is David. Uh, David, if your shipping address isn't included, well, I guess I could just check. Yeah, it's not here. Uh, David, send me your shipping info, and I will get that down to Jim Elser. Uh, in the subject line, just reference you know Sweet Smoke Q winner, and then uh, put your address in Congratulations to David. Congratulations to Chris Sorrell for winning earlier. And there you go. We're going to be calling it a night. All right, so let's close it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ted Reader, tedreader.com, teaching at Niagara University. Professor Reader, please. We talked with Justin McGlawn from Lucky's Q. He has full karma heading down to the Sam's Club finale takes place this weekend. He's also looking to defend his current title. They won it in 2012. They'll be looking to defend this coming weekend, so good luck to Justin, Katie, and the rest of the team. And then the second hour, Ronnie Lotz, who hit, you know, overall hit huge. People asking for him to do a weekly Ronnie Lotz rant segment. You never know what's going to happen on this show. That's all I can tell you. And then, of course, we close it out with the number one profit of smoked meat, Daniel Vaughn, the only barbecue editor in the country. TMBBQ.com, his website. Again, that's TMBBQ.com. All right, I'll leave you with these two bits of information. You can cook with raw cast iron, season it each and every time. Save yourself a headache. It starts to cool down, hit it with a brush, a little pan, a little Crisco, let it burn back in, re-season each and every time. Generations of rust-free service. 
Also, September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ask the Dr. Barbecue Returns and Connie's Recipe Corner. But until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.